official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at wellchurchvt.com. I think it's safe to say that none of us have ever celebrated Easter like this before. We're used to seeing each other's faces, being all gathered together, singing together. And today we find ourselves all scattered and sheltered in place. But we're going to figure out how to celebrate resurrection together today. And I have three resurrection stories, all from the Gospel of John, that I want to share to help us do that. One of the things that I notice in the Gospels is that they record 10 post-resurrection appearances by Jesus. Five of those recorded stories we have of Jesus happened on the day of his resurrection, and then five more post-resurrection stories are spread out over the next 40 days. And what you find when you look at these 10 post-resurrection appearances by Jesus is, is this. He chose personal encounters over public events. He, he chose personal interaction with people over public exhibitions. Instead of revival meetings with big crowds, he chose to check in on his friends And that tells us something about who Jesus is and what he cares about. He didn't choose large gatherings and impressive church services after he rose from the dead. He chose to be with his friends. After the crucifixion, the disciples were all hiding. They were scattered and sheltered in place. They were afraid that the authorities would find them and execute them, but the risen Jesus found them first, which tells us this, that even though you and I are scattered and sheltered in place this morning, Jesus can find us because that's what the risen Jesus does. He finds his friends. And you might be thinking, Adam, how are we his friends? Well, in John chapter 15, Jesus said, I no longer call you servants, but friends. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus refers to himself as a friend of sinners. Guess what? That's you and me. And so I want to look at three resurrection stories from John's gospel, where the risen Jesus finds three of his friends and all three of his friends are struggling One is struggling with grief, one is wrestling with doubt, and one is is trapped in shame. And Jesus meets them in their grief, doubt, and shame, and he reveals how resurrection informs and transforms their experience into something redemptive. And the first story in John's gospel of Jesus' resurrection, the very first person that the resurrected Jesus finds is Mary Magdalene. And Jesus finds Mary in her grief. In John chapter 20 and verse 1, it says this, Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, They have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb. 
and we don't know where they've put him. So here we find in in John chapter 20, Mary Magdalene, one of Jesus' close friends, was heading to Jesus' tomb to honor him. And she was going to honor him by anointing his body with spices for burial. And when she arrives, she finds that the tomb is empty. And so she runs to find Peter and John, two of Jesus' close friends. And she says to them, they've stolen his body. And you can see from, from this chapter in John that she, Mary Magdalene is traumatized. She's probably tired. She's stricken by grief. Not only had her friend Jesus been executed, but now it looks as if someone had stolen his body and taken away his right for a proper burial. And I love that John gives us a piece of information. John lets us know that when Mary Magdalene arrived at the tomb, it was still dark. Isn't it interesting that Jesus' resurrection happened while it was still dark? I think most of us don't imagine the resurrection happening under darkness. You know, when we imagine the resurrection, we imagine the sun and it's cresting over the hills and it's cascading with these beams of light shining down on the tomb, radiating the stone that was rolled away. But John tells us, no, it happened while it was still dark. See, friends, this morning we find ourselves living in dark days. For some of us, these are the darkest hours we've ever lived through. But that doesn't disqualify us from celebrating Jesus and celebrating his resurrection. And I would argue, if anything, it heightens it. Because in a strange way, we've never been so close to the very first Easter Sunday. Because the resurrection happened while it was still dark. So yes, these are dark times, but they're not so dark that God can't move and shake the earth with resurrection power. Amen. Yes, these days are are dark, but they're not so dark that God can't restore and redeem and renew and rescue all of creation. Yes, these days are dark, but they're not so dark that we can't celebrate the resurrection life that we have in Jesus. Verse 14 of John 20 tells the rest of the story. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. Mary Jesus said, she turned to him and cried out Rabbani, which is Hebrew for teacher. And so what we see here in John's gospel is the risen Jesus finds Mary in her grief, but she doesn't recognize him. She's been too traumatized. All she can see is her loss and her heartache and her sorrow. But then what happens is Jesus calls her by her name. Mary. And with that one word, her grief turns into joy because Jesus is alive. He sees her. He recognizes her. He knows her. And now she recognizes him. She sees him. 
I love that in verse 17, shortly after Mary has this revelation that it's not a gardener, it's Jesus. Jesus tells her, don't cling to me, Mary. Let's maintain social distancing. Six feet away, please, Mary. Uh, no, he didn't say that. But, but he did say, don't cling to me, Mary, because he says to her, I have a job for you. Go and find the disciples and tell them I'm alive. And so Mary is sent by Jesus to preach the very first Easter sermon. Listen, friends, no matter how dark these days may feel, no matter how dark today may feel, it won't stop Jesus from finding you and calling you by name. The grief and trauma you're enduring in these dark hours won't get the last word. Jesus knows you by name and he sees you and he'll find you even in your grief because that's what the risen Jesus does. He finds his friends. John's gospel tells us another story about the risen Jesus finding another one of his friends named Thomas. And in John chapter 20, verse 19, we find that Thomas along with the other disciples, are sheltered in place. They're on lockdown. They're hiding from the authorities and they're afraid for their lives. And they're in this room. And apparently these disciples are unaware of the 10-person rule. There are 11 of them in this room. And, And Jesus finds them and he says, peace be with you. I wonder how many of us need to hear Jesus say those words. I know I need to hear those words. Peace be with you. And after he says this, Jesus turns to Thomas because he's the one he's actually in the room for. Jesus turns to Thomas and engages him in a one-on-one conversation. And he meets Thomas in his skepticism and in his doubt. Because Thomas didn't believe that Jesus had risen from the dead. The other disciples had. The other disciples had already seen Jesus resurrected, but Thomas didn't. And Thomas said this to his disciple friends, I won't believe until I put my finger in his nail wounds and my hand into his side. And so when Jesus appears in that room with these disciples, with Thomas, he appears to Thomas and he meets him in his doubt. And I love that Jesus invites Thomas to investigate. He says, Thomas, go ahead, feel my wounds. And Thomas, we're told, responds to Jesus by falling on his knees and saying, my Lord and my God. Thomas is the first disciple of all the disciples to call Jesus his God. Doubting Thomas is the first disciple to call Jesus his God, which tells us this. Jesus can handle our belligerence, our skepticism, and our doubt. And maybe you find yourself doubting God through this pandemic. I want to let you know that your doubts won't keep Jesus away. In fact, they could be the very reason he seeks you out and finds you. Because that's what the risen Jesus does. He finds his friends. Even when they're doubting him, he finds his friends. The third post-resurrection story in John's gospel involves Jesus' friend, Peter. And Jesus, when he finds Peter, he meets Peter in his shame. 
Because the night before Jesus was crucified, Peter, out of fear, denied knowing Jesus three times. And ever since then, Peter can't seem to shake his shame. And you can understand why. All the other disciples looked up to Peter. Peter was the one who had his name from to Peter, which means rock, which means sturdy, stable. He, he was also part of Jesus' inner circle of friends. Peter was the one who walked on water with Jesus. He was Jesus' go-to guy. But on the night of Jesus' arrest, Peter was afraid. And he denied Christ three times and he was ashamed by his fear. And in John chapter 21, we see the risen Jesus finds Peter in his shame and restores him. In John chapter 21, the risen Jesus asks Peter a question. He says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I do. Then Jesus tells him, feed my sheep, care for my people. And Jesus asked Peter that same question three times. The same number of times that Peter denied knowing him. And with those three questions, Jesus reinstates Peter. He erases his shame with grace and he sends him out to care for people. I can't help but wonder if during this pandemic, you've had a moment or two or three where your fear choked out your faith in Jesus and you felt some shame over it. I know I've experienced that during this pandemic, times when fear has choked out my faith in Christ. But, but here's the truth. Nothing you can ever do will make Jesus love you any less. And he won't allow your shame to distance you from him. He'll find you and he'll restore your faith because that's what the risen Jesus does. He finds his friends, even in their shame. So folks, I don't know the grief, the doubts, the shame that you're wrestling with today, but I do know this, that the risen Jesus wants to have a personal encounter with you. And you don't even need to go looking for him. He'll find you. He'll find you in your grief while it's still dark. He'll find you in your skepticism when you're drowning in doubt. He'll find you in your shame and extend his grace and forgiveness. And here's how I know that. Because that is what the risen Jesus does. He finds his friends. Even when we're scattered and sheltered in place, he finds his friends. I want to close this morning by reading a a prayer. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, when our faith stands at the grave grieving, while it is still dark, help us to hear you call our name and grant us the faith to believe. When our faith is besieged by doubts and short of understanding, though the truth is there to see and to touch, open our eyes and hearts so we may declare you as our Lord and our God. Heavenly Father, when our faith is buried deep down under our shame, 
Help us to receive the forgiveness and grace you offer and restore us into the care of your people. Heavenly Father, who in your great mercy gladdened the disciples with the sight of the risen Lord, give us such knowledge of his presence with us that we may be strengthened and sustained by his risen life and serve you in continually in righteousness and truth through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. He is risen, friends. Let's sing together. for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community.